What kind of bugs have you been seeing? Look, man, do I look like an ichthyologist to you? Big damn bugs, all right? The size of my fist, size of a peanut butter banana sandwich, man. What do I care? I got a growth on my picker. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, wait. Wait a minute. I see what's going on here. Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. Hello and welcome, welcome and hello, this is Wait, You Haven't Seen? It's the podcast where we find a movie that somebody hasn't seen before, we sit around and we talk about it. Uh, this week, I have joining me um, AJ. Hey! And Christina. Hi, hi. And uh, both of you this week had not seen this movie. Um, in the, the movie is the 2002 release, Bubba Hotep. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's the case. So this is kind of a, it's a smaller movie. Um, it's a two, like I say, 2002. It's listed as a comedy horror, uh, which it is. I mean, it definitely has elements of it's dark comedy. It's got horror. Um, it's got this neat kind of underlying thing about uh, sort of getting old and aging. Um, but uh, let's kind of go over the basic plot of it because that's really, you can explain this movie to somebody and it's still, you're not prepared for it. Um, so, all right, hold on. I, I really think you should just use the IMDB description. It, it is, it is pretty gold. I mean, it's just, you know, what, two, three sentences and really kind of captures all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. all right. Sorry. David jumped in a couple of times in the chat and, um, I'm going to edit this out. We're only a couple minutes in, so, um, I'm going to go back to when I Fuckity explain fuck fuck the movie <laughs> yeah that's fine you can do that uh <laughs> because you said you were going to edit it out already yep. okay um so uh yeah explaining this movie here's the the synopsis on imdb elvis presley and a black jfk stay in a nursing home where nothing happens until a wayward egyptian mummy comes and sucks out the old people's souls through their a-holes the two decide to fight back so that does explain the movie pretty well um Bruce Campbell stars in this as Elvis Presley or Sebastian Half. Um, so he's playing Elvis as, you know, an old person. Uh, he's, what, in the 70s, 80s, living in a retirement home called, like, Shady Rest in East Texas. But nobody there believes that he's actually Elvis. They all believe that he is uh, an Elvis impersonator named Sebastian Half. And the story in the movie goes that Elvis switched personalities with um you know switched identities with sebastian half because he was tired of all the fame and then lost his contract in a barbecue accident where his trailer blew up and decided not to do anything about it and just live out his life as sebastian half whereas ozzy davis plays jfk um and uh yeah i mean it's a crazy so this is based on uh, a novella actually um which i kind of want to find and read because it sounds like an interesting read. It's such a weird story, and nothing about it sounds like something that should make for a good story, and yet it does. Um, 
Bruce Campbell's brilliant. I mean, you can't go wrong with Bruce Campbell, and he's getting to play Elvis, but an old, cranky, foul-mouthed Elvis, which is great. Um, Ozzie Davis almost steals the movie. He doesn't quite hit the Bruce Campbell level, but you can tell they're both having a blast making this. Oh, um, yeah, it's definitely an absurd movie. Very much that, so. That, that's a good good summation. Um, I, I guess, like... I've known other people who've talked up the movie and gone over the description, told me how, how great of a movie it is. And I guess I was let down. I, I found I was bored. Like, I, I don't think it's like a bad movie. I just I, I kind of found it a little boring, a little sluggish. And, and well, you really know, didn't... it's interesting. I can because, see that. Yeah, I mean, I can see it, but it's a it's a small movie. It's not a end of the world thing. It's not a high-stakes movie. It's a very small, self-contained. It all takes place at the nursing home, right? Mm-hmm. It, it do- yeah. doesn't go beyond the grounds. So I can, I guess I can see, if you've had this movie built up for you, I can kind of understand that. Um, I had seen this back, I want to say, 04, 05, a couple years after it came out. I caught it on um, home video. We rented it, and uh, you know, I had heard about it, and I loved it. And I still do. I think it holds up now. Um, it's still just this kind of cheesy, goofy, um, but not. Uh, it's not cheesy and goofy in like a slapstick manner, um, really. There's a couple of scenes that kind of are, but on the whole, it's it's somewhat understated. And maybe that's why you found it boring. Maybe I. I guess I felt like I was expecting there to be uh, something different in the the comedy level, and I really didn't find myself laughing at all and that's just kind of unusual i'm pretty quick to uh you know to go ahead and, and get a laugh out of something so i guess maybe it just didn't hit me right um just i don't know i, I was a little disappointed might have been the build-up uh, you know people talking about it for years and you have to see it it's great it's amazing it's wonderful yada yada and the acting was good and you know i, I they told the story well i just i guess i didn't really love the story just and I wonder probably going in, go probably ahead. going into it wanting or expecting more Army of the Dead or Army maybe, of Darkness. Maybe I mean I guess I have high expectations for you know things that have Bruce Campbell in it, things that I've enjoyed, and this just kind of a letdown. It was like not bad, but just like blah, you know. It's, I can like, see that. I can definitely over, see over it overdone oatmeal or something, you know, just like yeah, it's there. You know, I wonder if it hadn't been built up if you had just like seen this on a video shelf somewhere or been flipping through, you know, Amazon Prime and you see Bubba Hotep, Bruce Campbell, what's this? If you're without that expectation built up, if it would have made a difference. Certainly could be. I mean, it's happened before when we get the Oscar nominations and I hurry to go try to watch as many that I can, you know, that have come out on disc and, and, you know, turn out to be horribly disappointed because it has Oscar nominations and I thought it would be some great film. And then it's just really mediocre versus going in with low expectations on a film. And you're like, Oh, that was, that was fairly well done. I, you know, people were being a little mean saying that it was a horrible film. Like, you know, they, they had something going. Yeah. I so think it, it may have been the buildup. Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that expectations can really, really alter what you, how you experience a film. Um, it, uh, it, I mean, exactly that you can say, Oh, this is an Oscar nominated film. And then you watch it and you're like, why is that? I remember having that experience with the film brick. I don't know if you ever saw that. But uh, I heard nothing but good things about this movie. It was this little independent movie. 
Um, it okay. was the guy that directed uh, Looper, and I cannot think of his name now, but um, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And it was built up and built up, and we watched it, and I got done, and I was like, okay, it was a movie. And I didn't, I didn't feel for it like, uh, like everyone had said that I would. Um, I watched it again a few years later, and it was pretty good. It was a really good, well-paced, well-written movie. I had the same thing happen to me with Event Horizon. That was a case uh. of the first viewing of it I saw in the theater when it came out, but I wasn't prepared for what it was. My expectations were very, very different than what I got. When I've watched that movie subsequently, I really enjoy it because I know what to expect now. I or, you know, so so knowing having some idea of what's going on or what you're getting into, and not being oversold one way or the other, I think really helps. Um, because this movie for me is um, it's a testament to making something small, self-contained, um, self-aware. Because you have to think, I mean, they're making this movie. Bruce Campbell knows who Bruce Campbell is. And he's mm-hmm. embraced his kind of B-movie, um, you know, credentials. Uh, in fact, I mean, his autobiography is called If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a <laughs> B-movie Star. Like, he knows that's where he sits. But... He also, he, so he embraces it and he does uh, what I think is a phenomenal job of being that guy. You know, he's going to give you a, a lot of ham, but he still puts out a good performance. Um, and in this, what I loved about it wasn't him being the stereotypical Elvis, although that was a lot of fun at the end when he's, you know, mm-hmm. one line quip, one liner quips and, uh, you know, doing the showing off his moves and all that. But for me, Bruce Campbell did a really good job of being the broken down old man questioning what's it really all about. Yep. I definitely can agree with that. No. All right. I'll give you that. You know, and Ozzie Davis was great as just kind of, he was playing, you know, kind of a a kooky uh, (laughs) out there guy who really, really believed everything that he was saying. Now, whether he was actually JFK or not, um, I like the fact that the movie never explains. Is this actually Elvis or JFK, or do they just really believe it? Um, I personally like that because I like to believe that it is them. And that because and, and the reason that I like to believe that is we're in a world where there's a mummy walking around. So, yeah. you know, so why not? Anything's possible. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Why not? And, and it's just it's fun because the movie kind of doesn't go outside of itself. It doesn't break its own rules. Um, it kind of sets its own world. Um, and I just personally, I like that a lot. Now, does the name Don Coscarelli mean anything to either of you? No. No. Okay. But I'm horrible with names, so. So Don Coscarelli wrote uh, the screenplay and directed this movie. Um, He also produced it. And he did another uh, writer-director-producer thing you might have heard of called Phantasm. Uh, That was his brainchild. So those are kind of his two bookended things, and they're both sort of horror cult classics in a way. Um, yeah, definitely Phantasm. You know, and I, I grew up on that. Yeah, and, I haven't seen that. And Phantasm, Phantasm for me was actually kind of similar to um, some of these other ones we talked about. Where the first time I saw it, I thought, okay, that was good, but I don't get why it's such a cult classic because I was a little. It has an oddly confusing ending that I don't want to go into right now, but it mm-hmm. sort of eats its own tail at the end. Um, but 
I've watched it again and I've read a few things and looked at a couple of other, you know, sequels and all that. And it's a really good horror movie um, that is not based off of something else. It's it's sort of its own thing, kind of like this with Bubba Hotep. Um, interestingly, too, the uh, uh, the hospital administrator in this, he's only in a couple of scenes. That guy was um, in fan, all the Phantasm movies. Uh, it's Reggie. Oh, oh okay. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, Don Coscarelli's got an interesting career because of that. I mean, he started, he made Phantasm in like 1979, I think. And um, he had done a couple of movies before that, but that was really kind of his breakout was Phantasm in 79. And uh, then he makes this in 2002. And in between that, it was almost all Phantasm stuff. Um, he worked on the first four Phantasm films. Uh, and apparently he did, um, I've not seen, but have either of you seen John Dies at the End? I have not. Okay. No. Nope. He did that and uh, Beastmaster. That I have seen. Yeah, I've seen that one long, you know, some I had, time ago. I had no idea he wrote and directed that one. That's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, even though it's a fairly limited uh, filmography, I think Don Coscarelli has an interesting style. He's sort of watching this, watching Phantasm, thinking about them. He kind of makes me think of like a... Uh, a low rent or low budget um, John Carpenter. No, you know he writes and directs a lot of his own stuff um, and uh, does a lot of music that is very similar throughout. He has a a bit of a style. He's sort of his movies to me always feel like they're uh, and they are often on a shoestring budget. This movie was made for like a million dollars for Bubba Hotep, and honestly, it looks pretty good for that. Yeah, yeah it does definitely. You know there is cheese like the scarab. Totally a rubber puppet, you can tell. But Oh, I love the Scarab. But, exactly, I think it works. It fits the tone that this film is doing. Because it's it's a horror element with that little bit of uh, comedy to it. And the I thought that the uh, mummy costume was, was great. You know, again, for what it was. But it had that, that little bit of East Texas to it with the shirt that you could kind of see on him. And he oh, had yeah, the cowboy boots. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um yeah, getting back to the scarab, I loved the little head pop out every time. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, I did like that. Um I I thought this was just a, a fun movie. I think um I think that if they tried to make it too big and there's been talk of a sequel for years or maybe it was a prequel called like Bubba Nosferatu. Um I don't think it would have Bruce Campbell in it at all, but uh I don't know if I really want to see that. Um, it would be like a spiritual sequel in any, in any way, because, you know, this, everyone's done both, both your leads died off at the end. Your mummy's gone. Um, this was just kind of one of those one-off weird, goofy stories that, uh, you know, you give kind of a, a horror edge to, but you give, you give it the comedy that you're going to get with Bruce Campbell. But I think for me, what pushes this from just being kind of, oh, that's a fun movie, to something a little bit more is the um, the getting old part of it, the introspection that Elvis goes through throughout the movie. Um, you know, it is ham-fisted and it is cheesy dialogue, but I think that that adds a layer to this movie that it otherwise doesn't deserve, if that makes sense. Okay, I guess in, in for me, though, you've kind of like a like a senior coming of age you know the the dealing with death then you also have 
the you know low budget horror uh you know and then they're trying to work some comedy in there which most of the comedy just didn't hit me right so um you know i guess that combination i i, I see what you're saying and uh, i think the acting was was actually just phenomenal like from a character perspective the characters and there aren't even that many like they played the characters very well um i just you know i I guess it feels like they're trying to do a couple too many things and didn't for me accomplish them successfully you know like a couple too many ingredients in the soup and it's a little undercooked i guess i get what you're saying and that makes perfect sense i actually had a note down uh while i was watching it that was along those lines where i you know i said i think that at the time and even now it can be confusing as to what this movie's trying to be. So you can kind of get lost in, there's, in all the different pieces to it. And if one piece doesn't hit for you, if the comedy doesn't hit for you, the the amount of horror and the amount of heart that it has isn't enough to make up for that. It's the same thing if the horror doesn't hit for you and isn't at least somewhat of a, of a fun yarn, then the comedy is going to fall flat. And you know, it needs all three of those pieces to really hit you in order for it to work. Um, and so for like that, you know, facing death, introspection, they hit that just nail right on the head, you know, perfect. I, I think that that was done well. It was, you know, the other the other side for yeah. me. No, that and know, that's missed. that's perfectly fair. I completely and, and, get that. And, and, like so many people have different comedic styles and, and appreciate different types of comedy. I mean, you know, you've got this giant spectrum of like crazy dry through like Benny. I think you're going for Benny Hill there. Um, you kind of cut out. So hopefully we didn't lose you, AJ. No, I completely understand what you're saying there. Um, you know, comedy is kind of a broad spectrum. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff you get. Uh, I mean, in Bruges is a comedy at its heart. And, uh, that's a very different. Yeah. And that's a very, very, very different type of comedy than Monty Python. Um, so I get that. Absolutely. Um, I think part of what drew me into this movie was I am a huge fan of kind of speculation or alternate history slash um, kind of alternate world stuff where, you know, well, what if this was the case? Um, You know, in this instance, it's the, well, what if Elvis switched identities with somebody and now nobody believes that the real Elvis is Elvis because the other guy died? Uh so it plays on that, and I love stories like that. You know, I loved uh, the novel um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Mm. Yes. The, the book was so good because of exactly, it was this alternate history, and it just did a lot of fun with that. I love stories like that. So I think I am personally able maybe to give it more rope. Now, I did laugh. There are parts of this that I laughed at. There's a few lines in there. Um I thought it was hilarious that they had, uh, you know, the the mummy writing hieroglyphs on the wall of the stall <laughs> in the bathroom. Uh, yeah, that to me is just like it doesn't make any. It's silly, and mm-hmm. but at the same time, like why wouldn't he? You know, we always assume that oh nobody would ever do that, but why wouldn't they do that? Um, so that to me was pretty funny. But again, if one part of it doesn't hit, then then the rest of it's got to carry that much more and it can be kind of difficult but i personally think that this was a fun little movie especially given that it was done on such a uh such a low budget um even for the time it was low budget 
Uh, it was somewhere between five hundred thousand and a million dollars to make this entire movie, and they shot it in thirty days. And and that right there is actually an enormous accomplishment. Um, you know that for, for for the quality of film and that budget and that quick. I mean that's that's pretty amazing. That's yeah. Okay. It's up there with like Hallmark movies and how quickly they they pound those out. And I will say that this is better than any of those quarter or half of one of those I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, sometimes you're visiting family and that's what's on the television. You can't go and change it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, for, for that, I think they certainly deserve, you know, an accomplish, you know, some, some, they get, reward, they, they get just, kudos. They get yeah. kudos for doing that. Um, that is a feat to have accomplished. Yeah. And you know, this movie reviewed really well. I mean, 79% on rotten tomatoes. That's, not bad at all. Um, yeah. And uh, obviously what carries this movie is Bruce Campbell and Ozzie Davis. And uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Know, that's, that's what's doing it. It was really well done. Now here's a question for you. Uh, starting with Christina, your favorite Bruce Campbell performance or role. Uh, Ash <laughs> from evil dead. And, or do you mean in this movie? No, just in general. Ash in okay. Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Okay. Uh, I he has other ones that I enjoyed as well, but that would be my top pick. No, that's interesting because you say from Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Which version of him though? Because there's really two different Ashes if you watch them all. Because the right, I mean Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness. Okay. So you like the much campier, more over the top version? Oh yeah. I mean, I I also enjoyed him in uh, Briscoe County. Okay, yep, that's a good one. Uh, how about you, AJ? Do you have a favorite Bruce Campbell? Oh, I was going to go ahead and say Briscoe County Jr. Um, I think that was my favorite of the work he's done. Okay. I mean, I, I think I, I liked him also in, in Burn Notice, which are you know both very different characters, I think, than most of the films he's known for. Yeah, and you know, Sam, Sam Axe as a character in, from Burn Notice was great. Uh, I think he he elevated that show beyond what it was. Uh, oh yeah, that yeah the show that show would not have made it, gone as far as it did without him. Um, he kind of was an important relief. Um, uh, so one of my favorites Bruce Campbell did was My Name Is Bruce. Uh, I don't know if either <laughs> of you have seen that before, but if you haven't, you should um, because he's playing a version of himself, uh, and it's a lot of fun. It actually feels a lot like this movie. Um, it's the same kind of sort of what-if alternate reality with a weird, goofy thing that he's got to take on. Um, it's more comedy than this one, but uh, that's a great, great movie and one of my favorite Bruce Campbell movies. Um, but I think for just pure, like, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, Bruce Campbell's cameos in the Spider-Man movies as the ring announcer and the snooty usher um, are awesome. Plus, come on, he got to give Spider-Man his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how can you go wrong there? Um, yeah, Bruce Campbell just, I love the fact that he realized, not, I wouldn't say early on, but he realized at one point in his career, you know what, I'm going to steer into this and be this guy. And it, it fits his personality so well. Uh, from everything that I've heard in people interacting with him at cons and and shows and stuff like that when he does those is that uh, he's just that guy all the time. So, you know, maybe he's not, but that's what I have heard. 
Um, well, and, and, and that like path that. that path has also kept him busy. I mean, there are those actors out there who would, I mean, whether they're great or okay at their job, it's a completely different argument. But you you have the actors who appear to be in enough uh, movies to like pay the bills, to put some money away, and like then they do what they want with the rest of their life. And then there are other actors who appear to enjoy the actual acting. You know, like they keep themselves just busy. They will be in anything that's up their alley. You see that a lot with the Brits. They seem to just always be acting. I mean, take a look at some of the better known, usually older British actors and actresses. They're in they're in tons of stuff, a lot of which we've never heard of and never made it over across the pond. But like they actively appear to enjoy acting like that is the thing that they're doing and want to do versus a means to make money. True. And it would seem based on his, you know, his long history that between voice acting, TV shows and movies that he, he would have to really enjoy what it is he's doing to do it that much i mean he yeah and and that's the thing is you can tell he's having fun doing it and i really think too that um he is one of the he's kind of that that uh that cult classic actor i mean you see him in something people are going to go fans of bruce campbell are going to watch something that he's in because they know what they're going to get you know you're going to get a bruce campbell performance whether that's uh you know as briscoe county or whether it is uh you know Something as simple as um, Mikhail's Navy. Uh, oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, another I mean, good one. You know, he was in Mikhail's Navy. He had a, a small cameo in Escape from L.A. that you almost don't even know it's him. <laughs> um, but uh, I just I mean, Hercules. He did a bunch of episodes of Hercules: The Legendary Journey and Xena Warrior Princess. You yep. know, a lot of yep. that. He was he was the thief. Yeah. So uh, he's great. Um, and, and, you know, in the end, he just he elevates this movie above what it should be. I think you put anybody else in this movie, it doesn't work nearly as well. Um, so, you know, that's my kind of take on that. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot more that I can really say about it. Um, I just liked, I liked the movie. I like how it didn't try to be too much. Um, that's where I don't want to see the sequel to this or a sequel to this made because I think it's going to try too much to go and uh, and push that envelope, and I don't think that it would work. I don't think you're wrong there. Plus, they've been trying to make it since, like, 2003. So anytime a movie's wow. in development for that long, it's not going to be good. Yeah, they tend to, to flop a little bit. Um, I, I I guess for me, I think it, I, I'm trying to think it through and really uh, the comedy. If, it, if they had been more aggressive... Uh, in being comedic and I'm not sure what type of comedy, but just if, if there had been more of that in the mix, I think I would have really appreciated the film. I think if I was sitting down with friends and we're all having a couple drinks and chit chatting while watching a movie, I probably would find more to laugh at in the film. Yeah. And I was, I was like sitting down to watch the film. Right. And I just, I didn't, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I, I've, I've enjoyed the work that he, you know, he's done in the past. So, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't hit. I think a sequel would would be a poor choice. Um, it's yeah. Well, for one, they're going to try and go bigger with it. And 
that doesn't always work. Part of what makes this work is the fact that it all takes place in that one location and it's all centered around these two people. And then there's a couple of ancillary characters and that's about it. Um, yeah. I did think it was funny reading the trivia that uh, the scene where they shot the concert with Elvis, um, they got something like a hundred or 150 extras when they, and over the course of shooting that people would just leave. So by the end of it, they only had like a dozen people there. So they had to shoot everything from the crowd's side and like low angle to that basically dictated how they could shoot it based on how many people they had. So I thought, I thought, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, There isn't a ton of trivia on this movie, which kind of is surprising um, with it being like a cult classic. You know, normally you think of uh, a lot more trivia. Now I did also find this interesting. So, Elvis Presley plays a main is a main character. He doesn't play one. He is a main character in this movie. Um, none of his music is heard throughout the movie because yeah. it was going to cost too much money. It would <laughs> it would have blown half the movie's budget to put an Elvis song in there. And also, when they show the TV screen and they're talking about the twenty four hour Elvis movie marathon, none of those shots are from an Elvis film, um, and none For of them the are reason. of Elvis because it was just going to cost too much money. Uh, so I thought. That was kind of a... Now, I did like the music in this. Um, the music gave me a very John Carpenter vibe. It sounded like the uh, opening credits music that we just heard a couple of weeks ago within the Mouth of Madness or the score throughout uh, Big Trouble in Little China. It's kind of the, the feeling I got from that kind of guitar rock uh, that they were doing throughout this movie. Um, so I did like that quite a bit. But... Uh, there's a, so two of the other actors in this movie you've seen in uh, something before. Um, one was uh, at the beginning they have Elvis's roommate. Um, he was in Saving Private Ryan. He had a very small role at the end of it as the older Private Ryan. Oh, okay. Uh, and while I was watching it, I'm like, God, why, why do I know him? I, I had to go and look it up. Um, but the other one was, and again, this is sort of a, a weird one, but I. I recognized him, but I couldn't place him. The guy, now, he's done a lot other than this, but the guy who played Kimosabi, um, he, the next year, was in an episode of Firefly. And uh, he apparently... Uh, ah, yeah, that's where I recognized yeah, him. Yeah, that's, that's where I recognized him from. Apparently, he also did um, a bunch of episodes of Beverly Hillbillies back in the day. Um, but uh, that's where I remembered him from, was he had a, a small role in an episode of Firefly, the next, and uh, that came out the next year. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of trivia for this one. Um, Bruce Campbell did help promote this movie by taking it around with him while he was on his book tour for his uh, autobiography. Because they only did, uh, they only made 32 prints of this movie when it uh, was originally done. So there were only 32 film prints of it made. And oh. if I remember right, there was a, uh, there was a theater somewhere that actually paid for a 33rd print to be made because they didn't want to wait. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a film festival and let's see if I can find it. Uh, the soul of Southern film festival in Memphis, Tennessee paid for a 33rd print so that they wouldn't have to wait any longer to show the film. Oh. So, uh, you know, doing the festival circuit, it did really well. Um, which I think helped it a lot. Yeah. But you can say that with a lot of, I, I, I guess when I go ahead and take a look at, you know, what, got an Oscar versus what was, you know, what was on the lists for Sundance or even more local you know, film festivals. 
the Oscars tend to, to be oriented around blockbusters. You know, most people have heard of over half of the films going up for, you know, the, the top 10 awards film festivals. They tend to be a little bit less so, and people aren't as familiar with them. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're pushing the art. And so, well, I, you know, I or other people might not appreciate the movie. You can still say, yes, they accomplished X, which was groundbreaking or innovative. The rest of the movie, eh. but, you know, so it, it that it did well with the film festivals is wonderful. I've just never been able to use that personally as kind of a guide on what I want to watch next. Oh, no. Sometimes I'll, I'll see things and, you know, go, oh, I should give it a watch. And, you know, it's like three hours of, oh, wow, that should have just read a book. And well, then, you know, yeah. Sometimes there's little gems, but. I, I think it all depends, too, on, on what you enjoy in a movie you know there are times where my mindset is i want to watch something that is uh for lack of a better term a film festival movie this would be one or uh oh there's there's been a bunch of them but these are those types of movies are not um mass release films they're smaller and they need the film festival circuit in order to get notoriety because a a major studio is not going to put money into it uh, and not going to put money into marketing that and sending it out. That uh, that you know, uh, a tentpole, an Avengers or a Disney film is going to get. So, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying there. Um, what um, now? Did either of you have a favorite moment in the film? Uh, you know, I, I know AJ, it wasn't really your thing, but did you have anything that really stood out to you? Uh, not really. I okay. I mean, I thought the pyrotechnics when they during the barbecue blowing up so much <laughs> that was interesting it really felt like it was supposed to blow up one thing and blew up two or three and perhaps even the actors weren't expecting it to be that big um it kind of got that feel from it but uh you know i guess not so much okay that's fair uh christina do you have a favorite moment or or scene i actually enjoyed the final fight um with the two of them fighting against the mummy, and they're basically on the ground for most. Yeah, I, I thought that was a lot of fun. I, I liked the uh, the kind of lead up to that, where they're going through their checklist, and then you know Elvis gets on the sequin suit, the sequin jumpsuit one last time. Um, that was a lot of fun for me. Um, I think my favorite moment in the film is probably um, when Elvis realizes that he's got something to care about again. Um, not so much for what goes on, because that seems, you know, that seems funny in a kind of awkwardly funny way where he's getting uh, attended to by the nurse. But it's the, <laughs> it's the realization in him that, oh, oh, hey, hey, this still can happen. And, uh, you know, oh, that's why. Like that for me, because that was sort of a turning point for Elvis as a character. Um, so that was... That was probably my favorite part of the movie, but yeah, uh, I can definitely see that. No, I, I just, I just like the, you know he he tries to save JFK and uh, he's like, oh, what's this on the back of the neck? Right. Yeah, that was that was funny. What what is that? And he's you know seeing the scar there, which again kind of leads lends credence to and why I like to believe that it actually was JFK. <laughs> um. No, I think overall, uh, I personally like the movie. I would recommend to pe- for people to see it, but you know, maybe go into it with a 
not low, not necessarily lowered expectations, but appropriate expectations. You're not getting uh, some grand thing. It's not a huge spectacle. It's kind of a smaller, uh, smaller movie. So that, yeah. t- for me, I, it works. And I'm not gonna say that I that I hated it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. There have been other movies that you know we have have talked about before where I, I would actively like say just don't bother. Like that, no. I this is. You know, a couple people might appreciate it, but really just like, ah, oh, this so, isn't one of those. So what you're saying it, is you didn't you didn't love this movie, but it wasn't Tank Girl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you know, there, there are redeeming qualities. <laughs> I can certainly see where other people would enjoy this, and I would have no problem recommending it to people. But I think uh, it would be important to not hype it up quite as big as perhaps it was for me. And, you know go into it with lower expectations just yeah <laughs> that's fair i get that um all right well you know i want to thank you guys for joining me this week um i think this was uh for me this was a fun one to do i just like this movie a lot i'm glad i got to share it with you i w- kind of wish that it could have landed a little better for you aj but i understand and appreciate your thoughts on it as well um well and that's the thing with trying to find movies that everyone hasn't watched i mean to most of us have have watched the movies that are in our wheelhouse, things that we are going to appreciate. We will typically have stumbled across them more likely than not. Mm-hmm. Reaching outside, you know, you're going to come across things that aren't your favorite. Um, you perhaps don't like at all. At the same time, sometimes you end up running across just a gem and you go, how the have I not seen this before? Yeah. You know, where were my friends telling me about how phenomenal this film was? And you have to be willing to try watching a bunch of things to see what's what's going to sit well with you. And, you know, this was the 90 minutes. It was a good performance. It, you know, wasn't something that did it for me, but it, it was well done. Well, and, yeah. And I think that helps this movie, too. It's a it's a nice, compact 90 minutes. It's not you're not sitting slogging through something. It doesn't feel overly long. Um, this this would have been bad if it had been like two and a half hours. I'm oh. not sure how they would have accomplished that. I don't think I could all. have handled it I... at that length. Even even as much as I like this, I don't think I could have handled it at two and a half hours. But, you know, I, I agree with you. And that's part of why I wanted to start this show is I wanted to show people that you can step outside your comfort zone for your entertainment and see something new. And you may like it, you may not, but you it's good to give some of these movies a shot because you're right. A lot of times we've seen the movies that we want to see and we know kind of, we know what we like and it might be a case where what we watch on the show you haven't seen because it was, it came out before you were born or it slipped underneath your radar or wasn't that well known. Um, It's not a completely obscure movie, but you just, you never got a chance to see it. It may be one that you had no interest in when it came out a la Christina and fight club. (laughs) Um, but you know, 20 years down the road, you give it a shot. You may like it. You may not, you might be bored with it as she was with that, or, you know, you were with this, but it, it's good to stretch out and try something different to see, because you're right. You might find that diamond in the rough. I mean, I had not seen, um, Titan AE. And while I had a couple of gripes with it from a logical standpoint, like I really like that movie and I'm glad that I finally got to see it because there's no good reason that I didn't. Uh, and then I got to see it for this and that helped. And for me, the show is about 
trying something new. And I also like to see if stuff holds up over the years. You know, is is yeah. something that came out 25 years ago that maybe I liked back then uh, still good or or not? You know, so for me, that's that's a lot of what this is. So I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, trying these new movies that you haven't seen yet. And, you know, giving them an honest try, not not just giving up on it partway through, um, for the most part, coming into it open-minded. So I, I just I appreciate that from you guys. Now, Christina, you did like this movie. Yeah. So, good. Uh, you know, that I like that, too. I like showing somebody something new, and they like it. So we kind of got both sides of that coin tonight, um, which is great. So, uh, you know, once again, I want to thank you guys for, for joining me. Um the website to find the show is tvstravis.com. You can go there. You can hit the big subscribe button. Um, find you know Subscribe, and then you'll know whenever we put out our new episodes. They're usually out on Saturdays. Um, we just had uh, the 40th anniversary of Alien, so we put that episode out. That one was great. Um, I don't know what our next movie is going to be yet, but we'll be putting that out soon. Um, I'm going to try and update... Things like uh, my Twitter, which is uh, also at TV's Travis, with what we're going to um, be covering as the movie, uh, you know, ahead of time, so that uh, people can be ready for it. And if if you're listening and you like to watch the movies as we're watching them, um, I'm going to try and be better about kind of letting you know what's coming up. Um, I do want to at some point maybe get everybody together and kind of have a, a just a, an off-air roundtable discussing uh, the movies that are on our list and kind of what's coming up so we can make a, a little bit of an extra plan. Um, that'll also help with getting some of the people who've done an episode or two that uh, want to come back on, but we just need to figure out and coordinate schedules. So um, stay tuned for that. But uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts um, or right there at tvstravis.com. So, uh, yep, um, one last uh, hurrah from both of you guys for this week. Um Christina, you got anything you want to say? Just keep watching those movies. All right, and AJ, you wanna you wanna go for uh, one this week? Yeah, I think this week uh, get something a little bit better. <laughs> uh, stay adventurous in your watching. Go ahead and try some new things that perhaps aren't what you think they would you know going to be what you would typically go with. You never know when you're going to find a gem, and sometimes you'll identify things you truly don't like, and perhaps have a better idea of what to stay away from if you have to in the future. Excellent, excellent. Well said. All right, well, until next week, uh, this has been Travis, AJ, and Christina for Wait You Haven't Seen. Get out there and enjoy some movies. chocolate ding-dong. Of course, mine would be chocolate now that I have been dyed.